0: Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday afternoon to you. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. First part of the show, what we attempt to do is to share with you what Victory Over Sin is, who pays for it, and what we're attempting to accomplish. Victory Over Sin is actually funded by an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Paul of Southwest Idaho. And what we do with that money, if you will, is to educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to be incarcerated, to come out of incarceration, and then to live as you're blending back into community. We would argue that you don't know much about that, nor do you know the difficulties, et cetera, that we face as we come out of incarceration. So we do that. We do that in several different ways, and certainly one of them is this radio show. That Man, we've been doing this radio show for like five and a half years now. If you go back to the archives of KBXL or if you go to the page of St. Vincent de Paul, you can find all the old shows that we've taped over the years, and you will see certainly a wealth of resources for you to understand the Department of Corrections, the people who work with those of us who have come out of incarceration and who are looking to support us as we blend back into the community. Uh, We love the body of work. It's something we hope you'll go back and take a look at at some point in time and uh, utilize as you see fit. In addition to that, we actually also too have a PowerPoint presentation that we are happy to share with you, your group, your church group, your business group, or any gathering of people that want to understand about the Department of Corrections and how it works for those of us who have been involved in the system. It's a great kind of 20 minute PowerPoint that's actually delivered by an individual who has spent time incarcerated so they will give the PowerPoint, and then they will sit around and answer questions for you. Uh, at the end of the show, I will let you know how to get in touch with me. If you're interested in certainly the program that we do or the PowerPoint, I'll be happy to talk with you about that or support anything that you would like in terms of going forward, supporting those of us who have been incarceration. That's what we do. If you've been listening to us over a period of time, you know that we have a couple different offices now that serve the community of people leaving incarceration daily here in Idaho. One of those is at 3217 uh, Overland West Overland Boulevard in Boise, Idaho. That office is open 9 till 12. And then we have one also located inside Probation and Parole District 3 on Cleveland Boulevard. I think it's 3110 Cleveland Boulevard inside P&P, and that office is open 10 to 2. The hours vary there a little bit because we don't have as many staff there, but that's available as you go inside Probation and Parole. You can check those certainly out. We're excited about 2023 in terms of the growth and where we're going in terms of supporting people coming out of incarceration. We've got some great new employment programs. And if you're listening to me in the desert, we're excited. We have much, much, much more access to people on the inside of the system. You're going to see us in employment training situations and you're going to see myself and a few of my staff actually at some of the re- pre-release classes. So it's exciting. We're going to do more and more inside the prisons in 2023 than we've done before. And we're working closer and closer with the department. So we're excited about all that. In addition, if you are in the desert now and you need a ride from incarceration, you have no one to pick you up, contact your case manager, and your case manager will get in touch with me, and we will be happy to pick you up in the morning and bring you out, take you to the office, and then kind of walk you through your first couple of days upon release and blend back into the community. So we're excited about all that. You can see that that's exciting, and we hope to expand all those services as we go forward. Excited about our guest today. We're talking about a project that he's put together. And we'll be right back to meet him and talk about that project in just a second.
1: Idaho has an incarceration rate of 761 to 100,000 people, including prisons, jails, immigration detention, and juvenile justice facilities, meaning that it locks up a higher percentage of its people than any democracy on Earth. Compare that to the United States, 664 people per 100,000. Canada's 104 people per 100,000 and Norway's 54 people per 100,000. What about our parole system? In 2019, Prison Policy Initiative graded each of the 50 states for their parole system. Idaho received a grade of F. How do we change this? We need your involvement, and we need your story. More importantly, you must tell it. Your Christian voice can support the need to change. Reach out to us and get involved. At the end of the show, Mark will share his contact information, or you can call the radio station, KBXL 941 The Voice, and ask for links to Mark Rank.
0: Okay, happy this afternoon to have a person that I just met in the last couple months. His name is Casey Gonzalez. We're going to call him an advocate for returning citizens. He's working with the labor community to provide materials for them in district three in canyon county casey welcome to the show
2: thank you thank you for having me
0: yeah this is uh, kind of fun tell us a little bit about casey and where he's from background and all that kind of good stuff
2: um i'm actually a, a small town kid from alaska i grew up around um oil workers laborers uh, wow. uh, wrench monkeys you know all of those guys you know you're always digging around in something building something and mm-hmm. repairing something my dad worked on an oil platform my grandfather worked in a chemical plant. So, you know, these are, these are my people that I've been known all my life and that I've been a part of for most of my young adult life.
0: Yeah, that's kind of Alaska is uh, exciting. I've had a chance through another organization to meet a couple of ladies who were incarcerated up there who are now advocates for the people who have been incarcerated. And I've been up there a couple of times and it's a it's a different spirit, people coming from Alaska, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's a little bit more hard scrabble and and serious. And then uh, at the same time, it can be a little sillier because you have to have that levity when you live in a place that, you know, can kill you in a few seconds very easily. And it doesn't even have to be a thousand pound bear. It can just be (laughs) taking the wrong left. And um, so...
0: Or running into a moose in the road or something like that.
2: Yeah, those things, people talk about the bears and, you know, those things. But by far the most dangerous thing up there is... Of moose, you know they yeah. got you know it 's two thousand pounds of just dumb mean guy you know <laughs> we 've right. all met that guy, but just put him in a two thousand pound body and, and with the, big old horns I know, and the, yeah, the two thousand pounds
0: that was kind of the, the guys I was up there always looking for a moose, I never did see one, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, I understand it, plus the intensity of the Winters and stuff is not something that I'm super excited about. But uh, okay. I
2: didn't know anything else for a long time and now now, you know, even the couple of months in Idaho where it's dark are hard on me. And I'm like, How man, how did I make it twenty years? Yeah. I didn't know anything else.
0: I had that same thing about how I survived 20 years in California, too. So it's probably the same sort of thing. Uh, yeah. How did you get to Idaho? Uh,
2: very roundabout, actually. I went to a college in Las Vegas and got into the UNLV there. I did two years in college in, in Alaska and then got my first degree and went down to las vegas to the film program there and i just kind of got bored with that and on a whim you know these are just crazy young people they say i was like 20 22 years old and i just decided to move to la on a whim and then i had a girl back in las vegas and you know i would go back and forth and then that started to break up and uh, i just got confused a little bit and needed to needed some roots so my sister just had her second kid and she lived in boise and um I was like, let's just come up here for a little while. And I was like, all right, I'll come up there for a year and and just kind of get my head together, and then I'm going to head back down to L.A. And uh, here we are. It's at, you know, My nephew is now 23, turns 24 in yep. May. And I'm like, wow.
0: So my guess is you came to Idaho, and then you found out about the correctional system here in Idaho. And you, once eventually. you get involved with that, <laughs> then you kind of stand to stay around. Uh,
2: eventually, yeah, it took a while. Uh, I guess I was clever or lucky or something, but it it took a little while before I was acquainted with the correctional system in Idaho. Uh, um.
0: Well, let's get, I mean, that's unfortunate that that happened, but we're happy to have you now. So what you're doing now, you're based in Canyon County, correct? Uh, Yeah. And you and I saw, you and I started talking about a project through the Department of Mental Health Court over in Canyon County that's run through PNP, right? That's how we met. So, uh, correct me if that's wrong, but give me the ex- exact of that, and tell me about that. How's well, that? I,
2: I came on through uh, because I uh, was a am a participant in mental health court. Mental health District court. III. I'm sorry. Yeah, apologize. yeah and um, so for people in phase four, which is the last phase of mental health court, you have to do community projects. You're a part of giving back to the community in which you um, trespassed against, which is fair. I get it. Um, most people there. Well, take some blankets um, give uh, feminine hygiene products uh, different things for different um, vulnerable groups and this was an idea I had had it didn't start out as an idea I thought it existed when I came into mental health court when I came into mental health court I was like hey I have a bunch of old work gear you know steel toed boots and you know uh, reflective vests and uh, all of this stuff isn't there a program that distributes these to you know, recent parolees and they were like I don't, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about man I'm like you sure I, I, I swear I heard that this program existed and they're like no, no no we didn't know and so many months go by and then uh, I have to propose my community project and I had a couple of different ideas you know I wanted to you know give those specialty masks to dogs and cats for firefighters and things like that so I had different ideas but this one just wouldn't leave my head and um it's kind of one of those things where i if it won't leave my head i have to do something about it that's true. the direction the obvious direction that my brain is leading me and um so i talked to my po about it to see if he had any input on it and um he immediately no i, I he said that he couldn't be the distributor because i asked him about that and, and that the uh the P&P couldn't be the distributor, but he knew you, mm-hmm. and th- he gave me your card, and um, he mentioned it to, uh, I don't know which names were allowed to, be to mention. No, yeah Dakota. Okay. Yeah, one of the re-entry yeah. specialists. At yeah. yeah. And um, she heard about it, I think maybe by third party or just by happenstance. And all of a sudden, everybody was jumping on this ship, and I'm standing there with just a simple proposal in my hand, and everybody's, like, really eager to do this. And (laughs) and so it caught me a little bit off guard that that there were uh, this many people who were interested in this kind of thing.
0: It's kind of one of those situations, too, where it's like everybody has a great idea, but you are going to do all the work, and so they'll just promote it and let you do all the work, (laughs) which seems like a lot of times, but...
2: Yeah, you know, uh, the actual project that I had to do for mental health court, Day was it was pretty simple, and it was really quickly satisfied. And so then I had to decide, you know, well, do I want to just like sign off on this and walk away, or do 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 we want to this could had this the potential has the potential to be something really positive for the com- not just community, and uh, we make a good model out of it. Then um, it could be a model for other communities to take on as well, and so we're kind of like in in search and discovery mode right now, and uh, we've begun to accept uh, these materials as they come in, right. and we're working on ways to um, uh, distribute them.
0: Right. So, and also as a backup to, for the listener too, it's like there is a mental health court. Uh, Idaho does have different ways in which a person who's involved in the system can participate other than going to prison per se. So there's a mental health court, there's a veterans court, there's a drug court. I know that there was a huge drug court graduation this past week that I was attending in in Ada County, and it's a really nice way for people to get involved in the community, give back to the community, and then be able to satisfy their commitment to quote-unquote the state via this so in some ways this is along the same vein that was developed I want to say 10 years ago or something like that but it's a real positive way so your project it specifically as we're working on is to gather materials for the people who work in construction do general labor correct so expand upon that for me
2: uh, yeah uh, having you know i was a truck driver for many years and just a general laborer and doing different things job site cleanup as an odd job kind of thing and um as i said i i come from a big family of labor and a community of uh, that was mostly labor and so i grew up with these you know the the, the heavy work clothes, the coveralls, the, the safety gear, and all of those things around. And there once was a time where, where where your employer would provide all of those things. Unfortunately, we don't live in those times anymore. And um, things like the class three reflective vests and fluorescent orange and yellow shirts, t-shirts, hoodies, jackets, and as well as things like Carhartt steel-toed boots. You know things, uh, hard hats, uh, safety glasses, all of those things doesn't end up on your dime and it adds up quick right and so if you and so i imagine if you were a person who maybe you don't have a large family and a lot of money which is fairly common if you're getting out on parole and they really do expect you to start giving back immediately um the deck is already kind of stacked against you, and I am all for uh evening those odds and giving people the opportunity to to, to pay back your debt to the house you right. know and to get back on your feet and to um and to just get going again, so you can just...
0: So the kind of people we're looking for is number one, people who have that stuff or people correct. who work in those situations or those stores, if you will, who have access to potentially donating those to you as a project going forward, correct? Sure, sure.
2: yeah. Uh, any any um, any private citizen or any um, store or construction group who might have small gear, anything that anybody can donate They can contact us.
0: Okay. And so uh, at the end of the show, again, I'm going to let you know how to get in touch with me, and I will certainly make sure that I get all that to Casey. So you're driving around, and you say, hey, man, this is a great idea. I've got all this gear. Then get in touch with us, and then what we'll do is put together a a pot of where these items will be and make them available to people in the Canyon County area that are taking those jobs that are linking into – District Three's probation and parole, correct?
2: Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. where we're starting, but yeah. I, I, I see pretty great growth potential. Yeah, I think go. it's.
0: I, I like I said, I think it's an excellent idea. And when you start with some one of these ideas, then you can kind of go forward as it starts to expand out and make it anything you wanted to make it right.
2: Yeah, that was a, that was my big surprise <laughs> when I wanted to do this quick little project, and it just started growing, growing, growing exponentially. Well, it just started snowballing. Sometimes
0: and, that's the way the best ideas work. Is yeah, when you start I just out kind of jumped on board. Well, good. So that's where would you like to see it go?
2: Um, I think it should be a regular thing where it it, it not only helps people people get back on their feet, but but it gets the community that they live in active in helping people transition then you're not alone doing this in a vacuum the community that you live in is helping you get back on your feet and you feel a part of that care and that process a little bit more and being alone being isolated and being put upon i think it's one of the biggest detractors one of the biggest things that uh, cause recidivism right. I
0: also think too don't you think what do you think about the fact that I give that stuff to you to, to get involved with that I learn more about you and let's say me in that situation that hey these guys are just regular people they've made some kind of mistake and they're going back into the system and I learn a little bit more about their walk and I grow a little bit too don't you think
2: oh yeah 100% um, yeah. you know I it, like I said it took a while for me to be, be Acquainted with the uh, uh, criminal justice system, and so when I went into it, I, you go in with all these kind of yeah. m- misconceptions about you know, all well, there's just going to be these evil people waiting with so, shanks, you know, and right, yeah. you're, you're scared. And then you get in there, and they're just. Just folks, like yeah, you know, right. just like everyday people that I've <laughs> met everywhere else, and I'm like, yeah, it, this doesn't make sense. Well, um, and again,
0: you're again, you're talking to me on our Christian radio station too. So it's it's an easy way for you to live out what you believe in terms of connecting. So you're doing some work, or you've got this stuff laying around. This is a really easy way to say, hey, "I'm gonna take all this stuff and give it to Casey and see what Casey can do with it, and then watch what happens from that point forward." Don't you think? Yeah,
2: I think you can watch your the, your community really blossom, maybe because yeah, we're actually. It, there's a lot of wisdom that comes out of people who've made mi- mistakes and and pay, paid their back their debt and are back on their feet you can learn a lot about compassion and empathy from these people
0: yeah you know i learned something from you too that I, the, when i think the last time we actually connected in um at the office over there in, in uh, Caldwell. Uh, and it was something that I've always thought, but you highlighted it and you articulated it, so I wanna talk about it if we can a little bit. It's, you go back into that situation where PNP on Cleveland has maybe 40 people working there. They all they all have parole agent on the back of their mm-hmm. vest and they all are, have badges mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you said, boy, sometimes this isn't as comfortable meeting here. Next time let's meet at like Starbucks or at Flying J or something like that. Let's talk about that a little bit, because that's a difficult feeling for me, too. You you verbalized the fact that, boy, sometimes this is difficult sitting in here. Address that a little bit, because I think I feel the same way.
2: Um, yeah, there's the there's the general just seeing the people in the uniforms and, and carrying the firearms and things like that. And then, you know, I, I've been arrested at PMP twice, and um, they open the door and I, as you're walking to them, and then the guys step out and they grab you by the wrist, and it's like that just that's a trauma thing you know you just want to like run as soon as they open the door and call your name and then there's the um then there's uh for me um uh there's a smell thing uh like i was mentioning earlier but uh, going into pre-trial because i had a couple of days of seal to do it and um there's a smell of the soap that they use yeah. in the Canyon County jail. And it just hit me like a brick. And I almost had a panic attack because I was just like, Oh no, I can't be here. again, okay. You know, not again. And it's just, um, I think it would help if, if the institution knew that those quick little, uh, traumas can be very triggering. And, um, um, little triggers of trauma can add up oh, yeah, absolutely. and so you got to kind of worry about about what you're putting people through just as a matter of routine you know those things can def- definitely build up after a while and send you into a trauma response which can lead to all sorts of unfortunate behaviors well
0: i think so many people don't you know, it's uh, it's an thing ed- It seems like everything I do all day long is an education for people. But this really is an education. You can't imagine what it's like. I'm many people who listen to the show know I've been out for like 13 years. You know, I'm probably a thrice convicted felon. Uh, still, if. Uh, officer pulls up behind me and I'm driving down the road I turn and I, I even though I haven't done anything wrong I'm going to turn because I don't want him following me around cuz it's just the feeling that you have and mm-hmm. I haven't done anything wrong in a de you know over a decade but it's still that feeling that goes right back to the same thing but it was great to for you to say what you felt when you were there and the smells but it's true it's it's really something that nobody really gets a handle on or really discusses so I appreciate you uh, Kind of going forward and sharing that with me. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah, it was one of those things I didn't even really think about until it, 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 we decided to meet there. And then I was just, knees were shaking, and, uh, <laughs> breathing got a little bit hanky, and I was just going to. Uh, why do I feel like this? That's oh, right. That's it's, good. It's, well, it's place. easily
0: corrected, but it's just everything else. It's like everything else that you're afraid of. If you walk towards it and you attempt to work on it, you tend to overcome it. But uh, one of these, some of these things, just you don't. For at least for me, you never quite overcome. So it's a, uh, um, you know, it's uh, it's difficult because I have I have to spend my time a lot of times now with people that are that work for the department, and still every once in a while. I, you can say something to me, and I still think, oh, you're talking to 74975. So it's – it's, I just I, – I flip right back.
2: No, yeah, there are things that you just never – I mean, you know, when I was 17, I got into a car accident. Somebody slid on the ice behind me. I looked in my rear view, and I saw him sliding, and they hit me. To this day, when I'm 47 years old, if somebody comes to, uh, be, uh, behind me too fast and I see him in the rear view, I brace. Yeah. And it's because of that. So yeah. it never really goes away, those little – tiny hey. little traumas.
0: Casey, it's been uh, special having you here. I appreciate it. It, was, uh, uh, it wasn't it was as bad as I bet you thought it was going to be, so it was fantastic. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I was just good, afraid that I was going to run out of things to say, uh, but hey, let's do another uh, hour or no, two. No,
0: Mark talks forever. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll do it again, and we'll probably update uh, you. Uh, we'll come back as you're successful and doing great with all this program and talk about it again. Great.
3: Thanks. Through Jesus there's victory. All the chains that were holding me Kept me locked in captivity Have been broken by grace so free When he poured out his cleansing blood Motivated by his great love Give me faith I need to rise above And sing a song of how I've overcome
0: Okay. As you can see, lots of good stuff coming from uh, the system, and this is somebody that's taken the effort to go forward and try to put together something that's going to be a benefit for people making uh, that transition back into general labor in the Canyon County area. we wish Casey success. If you need to get in touch with me about this or any other thing, I'm fairly easy to reach. www.systemicchangeofid.com is the web address. You can also send me a Gmail at Systemic Change of Idaho, which is all spelled out there, at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. Man, you can even call me on the phone if you want to at area code 208 477 six look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on victory over sin